Hello and welcome to another edition of The Stew with JT Brew. I'm JT along with my co-host Brian Toast-Clark. We are getting ready for another episode of NHL Around the Ice. Stick with us here on The Stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sipping through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce episode 11 of nhl around the ice toast thanks for being with us a little thursday afternoon edition usually we go wednesday nights i was having all kinds of technical difficulties last night could not get the camera working all kinds of problems so we are running here on a thursday afternoon instead i got my sealers gear on i'm ready for the thursday night game i'm ready to be disappointed as usual with the sealers this season but for now let's talk some hockey toast how things been Great. Uh, I'm uh, glad to be here, JT. Uh, a day late, but that's all right. Uh, we're pretty dedicated to bringing these shows out uh, every week to the listeners and uh, uh, another chance to talk some hockey. So uh, pretty excited. Uh, you got to be pretty excited tonight, JT. Uh, uh, Patrick Kane making his uh, Wings debut tonight. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I'll have uh, that on at the bar, as you see behind me here, in a little different spot than I normally am. I'm at, at JT Walker's uh, Restaurant and Brewery in downtown Muhammad, Illinois, uh, one of my places that I own. So I'm going to have the the Red Wings game on. I'm going to have the Steelers game on. It's going to be a good night of uh, of sports action all around. JT, I uh, want to tell you and uh, everybody else on something I've been doing uh, different recently when it comes to these parlay bets. Um, you know, how many times have you actually placed a parlay bet, uh, in hockey and you play shots on goal and, uh, the majority of time you, I'd say the majority of time, but the, uh, almost all of the time that you lose, it's usually by like one shot on goal, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, um, you're playing this parlay, at maybe, uh, plus, uh, 1000 plus 1500, you know, looking to actually, uh, really win quite a bit of money. Um, I've taken a little bit of a different approach here over the past uh, week or so, um, and a very disciplined approach uh, with uh, putting out these can't lose parlays. And you'll see them um, out on um, um, Twitter, you know, at Toast Clark um, or X, sorry, at Toast Clark, uh, at JT Orange, at the, at the uh, JT's uh, Stew Brew. And it's Toast Takes. And uh, lately I've been doing this to can't lose parlay. And uh, what I've been doing with these can't lose parlay, JT is I've been really just putting um, no more than five legs. Uh, most times it's four, but every single leg's got to be no more or no less than, let's say, minus 450 or minus 500. And some actually all the way up to minus eight, 900. Um, and so what I'm really doing is, is taking players that I still like in certain spots for shots on goal um, and uh, against good matchups. But I'm just taking one less shot. So instead of actually going four shots or three shots, I'm going three shots and two shots. So, for example, tonight, I got Nathan McKinnon at three shots on goal. Normally, he'd be five. Uh, Brady Kachuk at uh, three shots on goal. Normally, he'd be four. 
And then I got Jeff Skinner, Brock Nelson, and Kyle Connor. Each should have two. And that is plus 109. Since I've actually deployed this, I've went 17 for 18 on my legs. And the only one I've actually missed is Brian Rust last night for my um, can't lose parlay. And Rust got hurt in the second period, early in the second period. So in my mind, I'm a perfect 18 for 18 on the legs since I started doing this. And uh, I'm doing fine. So uh, I'm pretty excited about this new thing. And plus, all I really want to do is win. I really don't care if I'm actually making a ton of money. It's just really the glory of winning something, you know, pretty competitive. Yeah, I like it. I've just been seeing you putting those out. Uh, something else we want to talk about in the betting market. Uh, something we've always complained about the last year or two is hockey same game parlays have been a disaster because they give you almost nothing to parlay together. But they have made some adjustments with some shots on goal, some uh, different point differentials with assists, points. Uh, they've actually added, uh, at least they have, I know on DraftKings, uh, they've added that to the mix. So now there is a little bit more options on same game parlays. Uh, I had one last week for the Red Wings. I thought it was a moneymaker. I hit four out of five legs, and the only one I missed – uh, was Jeff Grant, uh with I missed him by one shot. Like I mean, I thought uh, he had cats. it, and it got taken down. It had him at three, and it took it down to two. And I was like, ah, oh. I but I I thought I had it. So that's something to be uh, on the lookout too if you're doing any same game parlays, or if you have anything with a uh, specialties where they're giving you a boost uh, because they're they've made some adjustment and it's made it a little more uh, interesting as far as hockey same game parlays compared to what they were, where it was like puck line you know you take a team over under and there and you could like take a, a guy to score a goal or a point and then there was like no other options so there is some more options out there so definitely keep an eye on that as well yeah and, and really in, in addition to those alternative shot props jt uh, the other one i've been going with if i just don't want to go straight shots um i've decided to go ahead and start playing the uh the favorites but if i can get them let's say if they're a slight favorite let's say like a minus 120 on the money line I'll go ahead and play the plus two and a half, the reverse puck line. And, you know, and that's probably around minus 700, minus 750 for them to stay close. Those are as good as gold as well. Um, and again, no more than five on those. Five legs is the absolute most. Four uh, is ideal. And man, you wouldn't believe uh, before you look at it, you're not sweat the entire game. Like, well, that went. It's the second period. It's done. It's over and I can relax. So um, just something to try. Uh, also, I didn't know if there was something else. Uh, or, or you actually saw JT that uh, um, the Hughes brothers, uh, Jack Quinn and Luke, they all played in the same game. I don't know if you actually. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crazy. I saw that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of those guys. Got them on a lot of fancy teams. Uh, so that's always interesting. Man, that, that you always got to be impressed with those lineages when you get those, you know, three, four guys from the same family all in professional sports is always pretty crazy. Yeah, they got a younger brother as well that's probably going to be in the league here in a couple of years. Uh, I know in that game specifically, the Devils won that 6-5. Um, it was a shootout. And between the five, the three players, they had five points between the three of them. Uh, Luke had a winning goal, uh, and Jack and Quinn both actually had a goal and assist apiece. Uh, but I got to thinking, JT, can you ever remember three brothers being in the same game in any sport? I, I, I yeah. can't really. Can, do I you can't recall? think of the only ones I, I know that have been at the same time. Obviously, the Watt brothers for the Steelers always come to mind. TJ Watt, uh, Derek Watt, the their uh, brothers, uh, uh, 
fullback, not on the Steelers this year, but he has been in the past. I'm not sure if they played against each other. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they played against each other at some point. And so all th three of those guys have been in there for the NFL. But I think that would be a rare case. But the Steelers are also a rare case that they have a, like two or three sets of brothers on their team. Wow. I know they had the Pouncy brothers. They had Edmund brothers uh, were on there for a while. So there, they could be, uh, you know, kind of different than that. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was a, another thing I want to mention before we get started. And uh, it's kind of maybe our, our uh, just uh, shooting a breeze session here, but uh, you remember a podcast or two ago, JT, where we were actually having uh, discussions about Edmonton and Minnesota changing their coaches and, uh, just hoping to get a little bit of a change of scenery. Yeah, that's been a big difference here lately. Yeah, I, I, um, since our last podcast, I don't think they've lost. Minnesota, I know, has not lost underneath their new coach, John Hines. Um, and uh, Edmonton, man, they are looking like the Edmonton of old now. Uh, they're just rolling everybody. Uh, they are up uh, 5 nothing after the first period last night versus Carolina at home. Uh, two goals in the first 41 seconds of the game. Um, yeah. So... They're, they seem to both get on track. And again, I don't know if it's anything specifically that the coaches are actually doing with the X's and O's. I think it's more so just a voice uh, and more so something that charges up the players. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think anytime you get some coaching changes like that, and just maybe things get stale sometimes. Other times you just need another voice or something to kind of you know give the team uh, a boost. But yeah, both those teams have been playing much better since we basically ripped them and everybody else has been ripping them at the start of the season about how they've been playing. But yeah, no, nice comeback by both those teams uh, here in the last uh, week or so. So Toast, today for everybody's uh, list of show, we're going to do something just a tad different. Um, me and you are both in some contract leagues and some salary cap leagues. Uh, we're going to go through some contract salaries, some, uh, some players, uh, look at some good ones, maybe some bad ones, so, uh, and, and kind of talk about if you haven't been in that type of league, what to kind of expect. It's a, we're in one together, um, that we're, uh, co-owners on super fun league, really cool. Um, so I think we were kind of talking about, let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit of that this week. Let's, uh, kind of do something a little bit different. And for people that maybe haven't been in that kind of league, maybe we can shed some light on that. So today for our toast takes, we're going to talk a little bit salary talk. So salary cap league talk here, um, going into a few of these teams, kind of give your thoughts on, on just this type of league and this type of situation, kind of what you want to talk about today. So, JT, it's the idea of uh, Salary Cap League. And, man, like you said, we're in one and really, really enjoy it. Uh, but it's the idea of actually having finding those great contracts that really have that matching production for the player. Um, and it's kind of difficult. Uh, so um, I'll, I'll tell uh, listeners out there that are either, A, new to um, the Salary Cap Leagues, the Dynasty Leagues that are Salary Cap, or, uh, or have uh, interest in getting in one. There's, there's three factors uh, that I think that, you know, everybody should really kind of abide by, and you know, I abide by anyway, when uh, in, a, in a cap league. And I don't really know if this is any different for hockey than it is like football or even baseball, if you're actually in that type of uh, uh, fantasy game. But you're really looking at the AAV, so the average uh, annual salary, um, looking at term. So, you know, how long are they in the contract for? And you're really looking at their age. So if you can kind of, you know, get that recipe just right, you know, really that's the way to look at this. Um, you should also look at, you know, is it a head to head format or is it a category league? Is it positional rosters? Is it non-positional rosters? You know, this is going to 
determine how you may balance out that roster and where you want to spend your money. Um, I got a, uh, uh, in a, in a, in a cap league now, um, I got a, like a Luke Glenn Denning, uh, X wing there, JT, Luke Glenn Denning. Uh, uh, but he's now for Tampa Bay. The only reason why he's on my roster in a cap league, a, he's cheap. He doesn't have a lot of term. I can rent him for maybe a year or two tops for this, for the most part. I really don't have the long-term commitment and he's a monster in the faceoff dot. He actually uh, leads the league in face-off percentage almost every single year. I need a face-off guy. It's one of my category leagues. That's a, it's a salary cap league as well. So you have to kind of look at that and say, hey, I really don't want to go out and maybe pay another center who actually makes $8 million a season. I got him on under contract for six years. He only maybe puts up 20 goals for me, 30 assists a year for 50 points. And when you really just want one category out of the guy. So look and kind of see what your format is for your league as well. Yeah, definitely, because that makes a big difference. Uh, you know, we're we play mostly head-to-head leagues, but category leagues are a whole different beast. Um, I, obviously, you want to figure out how you can win those categories, and there's and there's definitely secrets to to winning certain categories. Um, depending on on what your league rules and stuff. But salary cap, you know, mostly what we play is head-to-head salary cap leagues. Um, but then again, you want to look at does does your league have goalies? Are there no goalies? Does your league have right wing, left wing? Do you got to start two or three right wings and left wings plus skater positions? And how many defensemen do you start? So I think that uh, is always a big one. And is it, and we talk about all the time, is it a bangers league? We were in a league a couple years ago that gave basically no credence to hits and blocks. And Uh if you didn't have one of the top like three or four defensive men that scored, it was like you just wanted to punt the position. And we just went and got any random guys we could for a decent price that weren't costing us a ton of money because it's just they weren't scoring us any points. And unless you had those top dog guys, it just didn't make a difference uh, on there. And so that's something you definitely want to take a look at uh, because that's a huge difference, huge difference in certain leagues. If you only have to start three or four defensemen compared to like six or seven, that's a huge difference. Um, So always take a look at those things. Look at the settings. Um, we're, we're always out there. Like I said, hit us up on X or Twitter uh, at JT Orange at Toast Clark. Hit us up if you got questions, if you're in a league and you're like, hey, this is the settings. You know, what do you think about this? We're, we're more than happy to, to to answer you back, give you our two cents and try to help you out wherever we can. Yeah. And talk about those salary cap settings. Uh, two other major factors before we kind of maybe get into a few players we like um is uh one minor eligibility uh so it, it might be where you have a minor leaguer uh or somebody that is minor league eligible and they're minor league eligible until they play a hundred games in the league or they may be minor league eligible until you have 200 games under their belt and then they become a uh, not minor eligible anymore because minor eligible players you can move up and down onto the active roster and then back off the active roster into the res- um, into the minor league roster without any penalty at all uh, once they lose that minor eligibility and then they are specifically uh, uh, they have to stay up on the active roster at all times with no uh, option to move them down that also matters when you're talking about salary cap leagues as well, because let's face it, everybody would love to have a player under an entry level contract. 
right? I mean, so to, to actually have them underneath their ELC contract and they're only making probably $925,000, $950,000 a season for the first three years, and then they're arbitration eligible. Also looking at those players are minor, league, uh, minor eligible as well to have that flexibility. And then last, JT, is uh, really, uh, before we get into these players, is contract termination rules. So uh, what is the, what is the what's the penalty for uh, for cutting somebody um, if they still have a term left on their contract? Is it a twenty five percent retention? Is it a fifty percent retention? Uh, I mean, how severe how severe is it? Because in those drafts, you may decide to go ahead and take a couple guys that all right, I don't really love the contract, but knowing in the back of your mind that I still got enough cap room here in the event that I want to go and eat a little bit of salary and uh, actually have a, a some cap penalty on my. Uh, on my cap for maybe one to two years, I can take that on. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So those are actually things you got to look at. Yep. And I always talk about uh, this because in our league, we do an actual real life salary. Like we're taking the guys what their real contracts are and we're doing that. Now be aware that's different than an auction based type of league where you're paying X amount of dollars for a player and his salary is going to be different in that league format where you're paying what you think a player is worth, not what his actual real salary is. So that's obviously definitely going to change things. So if you're in a more of a salary cap league, but it's auction based where you can pay a player whatever you want to make sure you take a look at that because that's going to make a huge difference. There's going to be players that you can get for cheap that have huge contracts. That's going to be way different than if you get those guys in a, a salary cap league that, you have to eat the real contract. So that makes a big difference too, because I'm in multiple of those leagues. A lot more of those leagues are, I'm in football leagues like that. But just in case you are in a hockey league, just be aware uh, of that. There are different salary leagues that they handle salaries differently. So make sure you know exactly how they're handling those, uh, those salaries. All right. So let's get into a few players uh, that we want to discuss. Uh, you know, as we go through this, we'll talk about some strategies as well in salary cap league, some things that mean maybe me and you implement with some of our teams. Uh, let's kind of discuss a couple of players that, you know, that you kind of have your eyes out for and might be guys are good to look for maybe acquiring, or if you're going into a salary cap league, you know, next year, some guys to take a look at. So uh, one player that comes to mind, and these are in no particular order, uh, but uh, is Adrian Kempe uh, for the LA Kings. Uh, Kempe has got one sweet contract. Um, he is in year two of a four-year, $5.5 million contract deal. Uh, the 27-year-old from Sweden. I know you like your Swedes, uh, JT. Okay, and, uh, yeah, and Kempe is very valuable with him being a left-wing, right-wing eligible player. Um, Kings have, man, they have so much young, uh, young homegrown talent in their pipeline that are actually also getting a chance to play now, but, uh, they drafted him back in the 2014 entry draft in the first round. And Kempe is a big player, uh, six, two, nearly 200 pounds, uh, pounds. Like I said, he plays mainly on the right wing, but he is a right wing and left wing eligible. Um, and he has just been in the league for, to me, it seems like 10 years. This would be a sixth or a seventh full season. Um, the last two seasons, 35 goals and 41 goals, respectively. Think about that. 35 goals and 41 goals, respectively, for a guy for after this year, two more years at $5.5 million AAV. It's pretty special. He he feels like he's a guy that kind of gets lost in the mix. People, you know, the Kings have not been good the last couple of years. Then being on that on the West Coast, uh, just haven't been getting a lot of a love. He just feels like a guy that gets forgotten about all the time. And he's actually a really good player. Like you said, his salary 
is is ridiculous for what he's the production he's given you. Uh, he is so cheap for what the production is. Um, he's just one of those guys I'm always shocked about. He's a guy I always feel like I can find in drafts at a decent time because people are like, he's just never super high on people's radars. But but he's a guy who produces. And as we've seen, the Kings have been much better this year. So, you know, when he's, he's getting a few more guys around him, helping him uh, to produce points, it always is a big help. Yeah, he's a, he's a player with a great shot. Um, like we talked about, it's big frame. Um, he, he's really, really good at boxing out opponents, uh, keeping possession of the puck. Uh, I don't know if he's as good as Marion Hosa used to do that, but that's what Hosa did all the time. And really, really that type of player, um, you know, su- super aggressive shooting a puck. Uh, I think 250 shots a year for the last two seasons. He gets a ton of ice time. His deployment's amazing. Um, I was uh, doing some research uh, regarding salary comps as well as player comps. And also, uh, and we may show a couple comparisons here, but he compares to a player like Jesper Bratt and Brian Rust. He's better than Rust. Um, and he's probably a comparable player to Brat, and he probably is better. And Brat's actually making nearly $8 million AAV. And so it just goes to show you again, these are the type of players you need to look at when you're getting into a, a dynasty league. You go through every single team on the enti- in the entire league, and you pick out one to two guys like, boy, that term, that AAV is pretty amazing. The production's actually there. And they're young, right? We talk about, again, term AAV and age production if you actually just you you mix all those together you got a perfect recipe for a player and he is pretty good yeah I, I, he's just the guy i always look for like you said i always look for the swedish guys i love that team sweden uh I, he's in it if you can get a guy on a team that's just not very well known or if you're like us you know most of the guys that we're in leagues with are, are midwesterners or East coast guys. We're not in the league with a lot of West coast guys. So you don't have a lot of teams that are like, Oh, well, the Kings are my favorite guys, my favorite team. So I'm going to make sure I grab those guys. Some of those guys fall through the cracks and he's just one of those. I always try to keep my eye on uh, when I'm drafting. Cause if I can get him in the right spot, even in like a redraft league or rather dynasty league, he's a guy that you can get usually um, at a real reasonable uh, draft capital. You don't usually have to overdraft him at all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's head into the next guy on your list, uh, that we want to kind of talk about here. I think you had, uh, Drake, uh, Batherson, right? Yep. Yeah. Drake Batherson from the Ottawa senators, uh, 25 years old. Um, (laughs) really, really sweet contract. Again, these all are, but this is, could be the best one of the bunch, uh, that we actually discussed today. Uh, he's in year three of six year, just under $5 million, a $4.975 million AAV deal. He's right wing eligible. Another homegrown talent player from Ottawa. Um, they've been very, very good at that of late as well over the last three, four years. Um, it, he, but man, late bloomer, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, a late find, fourth rounder in a 2017 entry draft. You don't see a whole lot of guys actually come out of the fourth round that actually as productive as, uh, as Batherson. Another big body, 6'3", 200 pounds, uses that to his advantage. He's not very good defensively. Um, so if your league happens to count plus, if it's a category league, counts plus minus, counts takeaway giveaways, you may want to pause. But nevertheless, the contract's so unbelievably good. Screw it. Just just, just take a take take a chance on him. Um, but uh, he's not a guy that's going to drive play by himself. JT, you know, like uh, and 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 most wings don't, you know. But nevertheless, is the, for the centers. But he really is a player that actually benefits from players being around him. Um, and um, he's been in the league a long time. He's been in the league since he's been 20 years old. And think about all the players he gets to play with. 
with Stutzle, with Norris, um, and uh, you know, uh, with um, uh, Shabbat, you know, all of the young talent and uh, Sanderson they actually have as well, and the list goes on. So uh, Bathurst is just another one of those guys. Yeah, and then I always look at these guys, even if they're not maybe the main guy on their team, but they got a great contract and they have a ton of other offensive talent around them. Those are the guys I want because I know they're going to be in the mix to get assists. I know they're going to be in the mix to get goals off rebounds because you know you're going to be on a unit that's going to put the puck on the goal. And that's what you have in Ottawa. You have a lot of guys putting the puck on the goal. You know, he's he's been getting a chance uh, at the top power play unit. You know, you always want to look at that. Whenever you get a guy that's on the top unit, that's huge. Um, he's a guy some people maybe have shied away from. Uh, he's just had some off the off the ice issues. You know, he was part of that Team Canada 2018 team that they had uh, some sexual assault uh, allegations against some players on the team. Uh, he was one of the guys that looked like he might have been caught up in that. So I know there was a, a while there were. Yeah, I know me and you have him on a couple teams, and we took like we took a look at that. We're like, ooh. Is he going to be gone? Is he going to stay in the league? What's going to happen here? Um, so I know some people have been kind of taken pause uh, from what that's kind of been hanging over his head the last couple of years. It really has. Uh, and you hit it right on the head. Um, that has caused him to fall in some draft boards. There's no doubt about it. And especially in some dynasty leagues as well. And, and coupled with that, too, he's, he's always had a problem with staying healthy. Uh, last year was the first year in three or four years he played all 82 games and he was he was a player that's missed some significant time over the past two three seasons last year he plays in all 82 he goes 22 goals 40 assists 62 points for 82 uh, uh in games and i love how he kind of throws that big body around 115 hits so man if if health is not an issue and if it ends up where this um investigation ends up being resolved and he can be cleared of any wrongdoing and, um, you know, and it's an unfortunate situation altogether, regardless, um, then he's definitely a player. Even if you were to draft in this upcoming off season, he still got three more years of that sweet deal underneath $5 million. Uh, next guy we got on our list is a guy me and you both like a lot. We've been acquiring him where we can. Uh, Pavel Zaka for the Boston Bruins, uh, 26 years old, one year uh, out of his four at 4.7 AAV, center, right wing, left wing eligible. That's why I know me and you like him because we feel like he's kind of that utility guy we can move around and kind of fill in all the spots of our studs when they are uh, have off nights. But he's a guy that me and you have kind of like, especially with him going to the Bruins, we thought, hey, this might be a spot for him uh, to kind of you know get an uptick in production. Man, when he went to the Bruins and with him being tri-eligible and him playing on line one and also getting power play one deployment, I, wow, you know, and he's in the very first year of that four-year deal, like you said, at 4.75 AAV. I, I, even if he's an average player, just where he's fell in, this where he's actually fell in is really just makes him very appealing. Um, the Devils, man, and their team is actually drafted so well. They drafted him sixth overall in the 2015 entry draft. He played with them up until last season. Then he moves over to the Bruins. Man, I, I don't know if it's just that I like the, the the players that actually throw their bodies around a little bit, but they're a big guy, 6'4", 200 pounds. Um, he's a 55 to 60 point player traditionally, but man, once he, you know, went to Boston there and had that first year, hey, career high in goals, assists, and points with 21 goals, 36 assists, 57 points. Um, if if your team is face off with categories, um, 
he's he's around 50% for his career. He gets plenty of faceoff wins as well. Um, and JT, you gotta you gotta love his deployment with the players he's playing with, right? Yeah, I mean, that's anytime like again, I I'll say it all day, every day. Anytime you can get on a good offense, you can get studs around you. I want those guys, especially in a salary cap league where maybe I don't have enough space to buy the Bergerons, you know, buy the absolute studs on my team. I, you know, I want the guys that are playing with those guys. I want those guys that are around there that that can kind of feed off that and, and get points. And so I think that to me is always something when I'm looking at in a salary cap league like this, you know, you would love to have every star. Obviously, salary cap leagues, you can't. You don't have enough space uh, underneath the cap to take all those studs. So you got to pick and choose. And then that's where I like to find guys like, like a Zaka, a guy that is going to have multiple spots he can play. And he's going to be on a team that we know is going to win and is a good team and, and next to other good players. I, th- those are the guys I just want to take more of a chance on. Yeah, the, the real salary cap uh, in the NHL is going to go up to near $88 million next year. It's going to end up being close to a $5 million hike, which is going to be one of the biggest hikes they've actually ever had. Uh, but in the mo- majority of these uh, salary cap leagues, uh, for uh, these dynasty leagues that we play in, um, the, the salary cap is anywhere in the neighborhood of around $100 million for a 23-man roster team or a 24-man roster team, or it can be as high as $110 million. Hundred and somewhere around there. I'm in a, you and I are actually in a league where it started at a hundred million and we've moved up incrementally, incrementally uh, to equal what the NHL is moving up. So if they move up 2 million, we even move up 2 million as well. We get a little bit more. Uh, but if you think about that, I mean, you got 23 to 24 active players, you got a hundred million dollars. You're actually looking on average there about $4 million a player. Um, so it, it, I love the fact that you have a dynasty league, uh, for a salary cap, because it's just like anyone, uh, any other league, uh, you really will actually want to spend your money mainly with centers who actually touch the puck. You can actually get multi points, uh, many different ways by, uh, by scoring a puck in the net, uh, by actually dishing out assists. And you want to be strong up the middle, uh, for your first three centers on lines one, two, and three. And you may load up with a couple of really, really good wings on line one and two, then you got to get role players, man, role players mm-hmm. in those third and fourth lines and your reserve guys that when I say role players, role players like Zaka. All right. This mm-hmm. is a good role player to actually have and say, Hey, he's a fourth line center for me or a third line center or even a reserve guy. But that AAV is just amazing, you know, and he ends up being a great trade chip because once other teams put themselves in cap hell and we see it all the time, you, you may end up being able to trade Zaka. And it actually gives somebody else some cap relief and you can get some amazing draft picks back, or you can even get like a good player, let's say like a Kucherov or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was never really a one for one uh, even deal, but they're in such cap hell. They're like, I need the cap relief. I'm just, will, give me a guy's try eligible. So having a player like Zaka, man, can give you lots of flexibility on your roster. And I love these guys that are like 25, 26, 27, yeah. all making like four to seven mil. Like, I just feel like those guys are, you Man, they got so many good years ahead of them in hockey. I mean, you're just starting to hit your prime there in the late 20s, early 30s. So I love getting those guys kind of on the way up. Uh, I agree with you there. And, and let's talk about uh, real quick before we jump into the next player. Let's talk about you know what you do a little bit with salary. You just said it. These teams get in a salary cap. They get pushed up against it. They get a new contract. They go over, and they got to bail. And then you end up having sometimes sell guys that you don't want to sell. Some of your best players, you got to sell because the salary is just too much. We've kind of learned, we've been in a couple of leagues where we were up against the salary cap the entire time. 
and we want to use as much money as we can. But we also have learned you got to have a little bit of space because sometimes you can take advantage of when somebody else really needs to drop a guy. And we like Zaka, but if we could turn Zaka, like you said, into like a Kucherov, like Zaka and some draft picks into Kucherov because a guy is just can't afford him. I, I mean, those are if you're a team looking to win, those are um, slam dunk moves. I mean, you're you're making that move every time. But oh, you've got to have the space to do it. Yes, yes. Cap flexibility. And JT, you hit it on the head. That's what you and I have actually abided by when we went through these these uh, this draft for this cap week here is we want to give ourselves flexibility on the roster. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of ways uh, these leagues work is as soon as a player contract is up or as soon as a player um, ends up going into an extension, that that team has the ability to drop that player or cut that player at no charge to them to their so what you can kind of see too is you're like all right this player is getting ready to enter out their uh their entry level contract and you start to forecast what are players like them getting you know how much the term what's the aav we did it you and i did with uh, jordan Cairo from st louis if you mm-hmm. remember that jt he ended up we, we knew he's gonna sign a big deal and we end up flipping him before he ended up signing the big deal and he ends up coming out and signing the eight-year, $8.5 million contract. And Jordan Cairo is a nice player, but in our opinion, he's not worth that. He, I'd rather have the flexibility elsewhere to maybe have two players like Zaka instead of a guy like Cairo. So uh, you got to really kind of see what everybody else is getting, uh, what the, how many years of uh, term is actually left. Can you actually move the player before his term ends up coming up? And uh, and then, you know, get some assets and return some young players. We can start kind of feeding that uh, farm system and and building it back up. Yeah. And I always like to see, you know, if there's a team where somebody's going to end up cutting a guy because they just don't have space once he signs a new deal, you know, get in there. Maybe you have to give up some draft picks. But sometimes if a guy's going to cut somebody, they'll take some lower draft picks just to get something for him. Uh, so I, I've learned that too. You know, you could find it out on the waiver wire and see if you can pick him up. But you're, if it's a guy you really like and you're not sure you're going to get him on the waivers, you know, I don't mind going in and maybe giving up a player or, you know, a draft pick or two later draft picks and just be like, hey, man, just something for nothing. You you were going to drop this guy anyway. You want to take something for him uh, just to guarantee you get a player. So I always think always get a look and kind of see what these other teams are doing when guys sign new deals and see if they're kind of up against it. And then there's a chance you can go get an offer. Cause it, like you said, we've made some offers, some guys I never thought we would get, but we got them for a decent price because guys just couldn't afford them and they knew they were going to lose them eventually anyway. And so they weren't holding us, uh, you know, our feet to the fire for, for a, a great compensation because they just wanted something. Yeah, and it can go even the other way. And before we get on to this, these last two players, JT, we're going to talk about um, in our uh, cap league we're in together. We also uh, did this a little bit different. Our we we won in the in the initial um, year of this league. We we won it. Uh, our team's very very stacked. We we really managed the roster well with the cap. Um, this off season, we took on a bad contract. Um, and you're like, well, why would you guys take on a bad contract willingly? We took Anders Lee at three more years at $7 million per. And one reason we did that is because, A, we had plenty of cap space space to play with. And two, we had an opportunity to maybe gain it. We gained a second round draft pick 
but we also actually gained a really, really great prospect in Frank Nazar, um, who got drafted uh, uh, 13th overall by the Blackhawks uh, back in the 2022 entry draft. So we had the ability to say, all right, we'll take on a bad contract because we can, not because we think Lee's going to help us, but we're also too stuck in the cupboard at the same time. We can even use that player if we want to go ahead and turn it around and, uh, and get another player in the event that, well, we need to pad the roster a little bit in case we have an injury or something like that. So um, it could be done both ways. And if it ends up being where Lee ends up wanting to, we don't want him after this year, then he's got $14 million left and we can, we can cut him and only retain 25% of the salary. We probably won't have to do that, but in the event that we do, it's not going to cost us that much because the term's almost up. So that was another reason why we took that on. There was very, very little term left on the contract. It tells you bring up another good point. Sometimes when you're taking on a bad contract, you're taking on money. That's where you want to push for a little something extra. Hey, throw me a, a second or third round draft pick. Throw me a, a, a prospect, a minor league prospect in there. Cause you're saying, Hey, I'm taking all the bad money for a guy that's not producing a ton of points. I'm doing you a favor. Help me out a little here and give me a little something extra. We've actually done a pretty good job of uh, being able to get like something. Cause even if we're not going to use those draft picks, we turn around, we can use those draft picks to trade for somebody else, or we can use them to sweeten another deal for someone else. Uh, when we're trying to go get another player. Yeah. And let's say Lee, Lee's 33 years old. I think somewhere around there, if he was like only on, it was, I believe it was a six year deal maybe somewhere around there. Let's say he was only on year two of that. We would have never done that. Yeah. You know, but, but he, he's nearing the back half and the back quarter of that deal. So it gives us all the flexibility where we'll be able to cut him if we want to. And we've never cut a player. We've never took it on any salary yet. Pretty proud of actually not having to do that. We have never retained anything. <laughs> so uh, I don't really plan on having to do that, but in the event that we, we, we have to, we can, we have the flexibility to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's move on to our player number four on our list, Joel Erickson, uh, Minnesota. Another Swede, a guy I love, 26 years old, three years on an eight-year deal, 5.25 million AAV, center eligible. Uh, give us your thoughts on him, Toast. Out of all the five players, I think he's the best. Um, he's the best in this entire group when it comes to talent, when it comes to the uh, the years and term, and when it comes to the AAV as well. This is a player at $5.25 million that I'm thrilled that he's got an eight-year deal. Now, this same type of deal, Erickson's probably, uh, well, I should say he's upset he signed this deal because <laughs> he's still actually getting $42 million over eight years. So, I mean, what's he got to complain about? But, but the way they're handing out eight year, $8 million deals to guys that are, let's say 24 years old, that's coming off the entry level contract or even 23 years old. If he would have done a bridge deal, just maybe a couple of years ago, instead he would have ended up probably having about another $3 million a year AAV on his deal. So, so Minnesota has got to be thrilled. They're in cap hell. Um, and they are an absolute cap hell with all the retained salaries they have over the next three, four years. I think it's $14 million in retained, retained salaries this year. And also next year as well. Thank, they're probably thinking, thank God I actually have a guy like Eric X that's under an eight-year deal at such a great AAV. And talk about, there's no, there's no uh, uh, signs of them actually trading him, but let's say they did actually want to trade him, and uh, Minnesota did. And because of this $14 million uh, in dead money they have this year and next year, and they got some players like Kaprizov that are actually in their prime. Um, Zuccarello is kind of hanging on near the end of his career. And you guys got like Boldy. The time to win's actually now. Wouldn't be surprised if they're trading a guy like Eck. Because again, he is a trade chip that 
people will be salivating over based on a term and on the AAV for his deal. Yeah, this is one of those deals that me and you talk about. A lot of times you don't want to get locked into guys that have seven, eight-year contracts because you just like, it's a really long time. But a big difference when you get a guy locked in a couple years left at really good money and then in their mid-20s. Those are the deals you love. You're like, oh, man, because you, you don't see this guy dropping off tanking all of a sudden and not being a good player and you're like you're thinking again like you said some of these guys are getting some huge deals coming out uh, of late you get locked in for another five years at five mil till he's 31 i love that i'm all about that yes yes and, and another big body guy here jt uh six one 210 pounds you know so over 210 pounds uh, uh last two seasons 26 goals 23 assists and 49 points okay but last year 23, 38, and 61 points. This year is really where he's starting to come out. He's got 19 points in 23 games, 12 goals so far. He's getting close to a point-per-game player. Um, he gets to play with Boldy on line two, which is really just as good as line one. He's mm -hmm. got that top power play to point with Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Boldy as well. And I did a little bit of research as well to figure out production-wise with numbers, what type of players is he actually compared to given his age and his projection where he's at? And it's guys like Mark Shifley. It's guys like Bo Horvat. He's younger than both those players. Um, I think he's every bit of the player that both of those guys are, and he makes a hell of a lot less, and he's got a lot more term. So I think Shifley's getting ready to go into uh, the first year next year of his eight-year his eight year extension, I believe, at somewhere in the neighborhood of like $8.5 million. Um, him and Hellebuck actually signed a deal at the same time, I believe. So they're both starting that next year. And Horvat actually went over to the New York Islanders last year in a trade and signed a long-term deal as well. And he's over eight, eight and a half million dollars as well. And Erickson X, every bit of the player they are. I mean, so that just goes to show you again, the player uh, uh, comps with the contract and, uh, you know, with the production, that's what you have to look at when you're actually doing these salary cap leagues when you're getting ready to draft. Next guy on our list, uh, number five player we're going to talk about today, Jared McCann, Seattle, Kraken, another guy I've got on a bunch of teams. I know me and you like him a lot, 27 years old. He's in year two of five, uh, 5 million AAV. He's center and left wing eligible. Uh, this guy, you know, a little bit of a late bloomer, but uh, he's really got a shot with, with the Kraken, and he's taking advantage. Yeah, you would have thought that when McCann actually uh, – um, he, he got drafted by the Canucks in 2014 entry draft. He ended up going to Pittsburgh. You would think that uh, he would have been maybe upset when he got picked in the entry draft and uh, Pittsburgh made him uh, available. But man, that was the best thing that ever happened to this guy in year one with the Kraken. 27 goals, 23 assists for 50 points. Okay, modest. He was only 25 years old then. Pretty darn good numbers for a 25-year-old that really mm -hmm. had never really realized his potential. But last year, man, was a coming out party. 40 goals, 30 assists, 70 points. I mean, uh, so for a guy in his year 26 season, he's <laughs> year two of a five-year, $5 million AAV. He is up there in the top six or seven best contracts in NHL. Um, he's, uh, he is, he's also, if you look at who he plays with, JT, plays with guys like Andre Burakoski and, 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 and Winberg and Jordan Eberle. These aren't bad players, but these aren't star players. And yeah. I would even say these are really, really good players. So he's a player. He doesn't have to rely on other people to help carry play around him, man. He does that himself. Well, and he's a guy, the money he's making, he's actually 
probably one of their best players all around. He, but he's not making star money. So he's making second level money that a lot of these other guys are that we like as, you know, maybe not your star player, but you're filling out the roster with some guys that give you points at decent value. He's one of the best players on his team and he's scoring like it, uh, but he gets paid nowhere near that. And again, he's just not a gigantic name that people usually aren't going out and overdrafting him or overpaying to get him. Um, So he's a guy, you know, like you said, falling right into that mix we love. At five, six million. He's got a couple years left. Just starting to hit his stride here in his late 20s. Uh, I, I like him a lot. Like I said, this is another guy that just falls under the radar for me that I feel like I can grab in a lot of a lot of spots. Yeah, he's a, he's got such a great release. Uh, one of the quickest shots in the league. Um, he's really starting to see some time on the PK this year as well, you know, so you could even see an increase in his peripheral, uh, um, you know, statistics as far as hits blocks actually go, um, if, especially if you're playing in those category leagues. Um, and so you could really see an increase in that, but you mentioned one of the best players on his team. He is the best player on his team, I think anyway. Um, mm-hmm. and he's only going to, I mean, I mean, I, I see him scoring 40 goals again this year. Um, I went back and looked, JT, he had an average draft position this year of 124. Um, right now he's pacing anywhere from the top 50 or 60 in the league this year in, in all formats in scoring. I mean, just a, a great player. He's playing five to six rounds better than actually where he's been taken. And he's comparing to players based on his salary, based on his output of statistics, like Arturi Lekkonen. He's better than Lekkonen. Uh Oliver Borkstrand, he's better than Borkstrand. And he's up in, even up there with Adrian Kempe, we already talked about. So, I mean, he's definitely better by the other the other two guys by a mile. I mean, he's right there as, as good of a player as Kempe. Um, so, man, guys, uh, if you're getting in cap leagues, remember what we've talked about. Um, it's, it's term, it's AAV with age. If, if there's one thing about all five of these players and JT kind of hit it on the head, all these guys are 24, 25, 26 years old. They make roughly right around five to $6 million and they all actually have term on their deals. <laughs> I mean, so that's what you're actually wanting to look at here with these. And you want to, you want to pass up those top tier players instead of loading up on three or four of those and being so unbelievably top heavy, kind of like the Edmonton Oilers and teams like that. You're building a dynasty. You're building a franchise just like somebody else would be if you were a general manager you got to look at that one through four balance. And if you're going to do that, I would almost target these guys. And if you could get all five of them on your team at the same time, wow, then you've really hit a home run. Absolutely. Any kind of final thoughts, uh, just salary league or just kind of what's going around the league right now here as we kind of do our final face off before we close out the show. I will, I will say JT that it's my favorite format. Um, So, uh, uh, and, and because redraft leagues from year to year, there's so much luck involved. There's so much chance involved um, that, um, boy, I mean, you got so many pickups on the waiver wire. Um, you got so many rounds to draft in 22 um, that, quite frankly, anything can happen. Anything goes. You can end up coming out and doing all the prep work you want for one of your drafts, but then you have the draft and uh, you get into the league and guess what? Like you're 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 in the middle of the pack uh, or you're near the bottom. And you're like, well, it's just because – Everybody got hurt or this or that with dynasty, with cap leagues. If you end up doing your research, you end up doing it right. There's less chance involved. Uh, it, it really, the, the best GMs actually rise to the top. And I really, really enjoy a cap league. It's probably my favorite format. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love the league we're in. I, I mean, I love our home league, our home keeper league. It's it's a great league. It's always fun. But man, yeah, this salary cap league, I, you just feel like you're more of a GM. You're really working the whole system. You're trying to put together a whole team. Um, and and I just like that there's different builds. Guys can go about it a different way. You, there's not only one way to win. Uh, and that's what I like. It's not the luck of the draw. Oh, I got the number one pick, so I'm going to get you know McDavid, and then I got the – it's so much more than that when you uh, do these types of leagues. And I just feel like there's always room to make adjustments, make trades, uh, keep things going. So I, I love the league we're in. I actually wouldn't mind getting into another league next year, uh, getting a new startup. Now that we've got a couple years under our belts of a few of these, it kind of be cool to go in and do another one and kind of get a startup and see kind of where we'd be at us after we've got a couple years of experience on kind of how to run these uh, salary cap leagues. Yeah, JT, and real quick, uh, I 100%, absolutely, I'd love to get into another one. And uh, I'm just going to give the listeners, before we leave, just a little bit of a preview of our team. Um, that uh, We got Adrian Kempe. Uh, we talked about him, $5.5 million deal, 26 years old. Uh, we got Pavel Zaka, $4.75 million deal, 26 years old. Um, we got guys like Lucas Raymond um, coming up on the last year of his entry-level contract, $925,000. Um, and uh, really... Um, there's a, another player, uh, Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, we end up acquiring him in a trade. I think his best hockey's ahead of him. Still two more years at $2.33 million deal for overall number one at 21 years old. And we got uh, him really reasonably. We got him yes. in a trade for somebody that kind of was just over him. They just were like, he's not the guy I thought he was going to be. And we talked about it and we're like, man, why not take a shot for that price? We didn't have to give up a whole lot. I think we was mostly draft picks that we gave up for him. Uh, it, it but I thought I, I thought it was worth a shot, and we've seen he's he's got he's getting better. He, he's just you know he's taking a little bit longer to uh, to develop than some of these number number one picks are. Some of these guys come out like a Connor Bedard and are great off the bat, but a lot of guys aren't. A lot of guys take a few years, and he's just taking a little time to to kind of put all the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and lastly, absolutely, absolutely, we we got a we got William Nylander is our biggest offseason decision, uh, mm-hmm. and you and I actually a guy I love. Him. You know, I yeah, love, he, I love it. yeah, he's $6.96 million right now in the last year of his deal. He's going to command a 10, $11 million a season. If we're going to keep him and we actually have a little bit of cap space here, but we also got to look at, we have other players actually coming up for deals. Lucas Raymond's going to be coming up for a deal. He's going to make money. Um, so we can't keep all of those guys. So here's the question. Do you actually trade Neilander and his rights to another team and actually just make a haul? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's again, it's good that we actually had the flexibility on our roster to be able to a keep him, not have to um, to drop him be, or trade him because we're in cap hell, and b we actually had the rights to him, and we can go ahead and trade him after the season if somebody else actually wants to keep him. And man, we can just haul in tons of talent. I mean, so um, it, it, either way, we're winning. Either way, we're winning, and you get and it, we would never be in that position. If let's say uh, we actually had our roster just literally with players making $10 million a year and they're 31, 32 years old already. I mean, so you just, you just can't have it. So uh, again, that, that, that flexibility on your roster to actually give you uh, uh, what you actually need. Uh, but that's just a little bit of a preview of what we've actually done here. And we're pretty happy with our team. Yeah, and so we've taken a couple older co- guys with kind of bigger contracts, but we always make sure they only got like one, two yep. years max left on their deal. And usually we're taking those guys because we have a little bit of space and we're looking for just that little bump. We just like, we know our team's good. We're just needing a few more points every week uh, to kind of fill out the roster. But we're making sure we're getting those guys that, hey, we can dump 
if it, if a trade comes up or something happens and we need to clear some space, uh, you know, you don't want one of those guys that is like five years that is already in their like mid thirties that has five years left and they're making like seven or 8 million. That's how that's just going to kill you. So, but we have this. So I, I just want to tell people like, don't just totally ignore older players, especially if they make decent money, check them. Cause a lot of those guys, their next contract is going to actually be less money than what they're making now. Um, and so that's been something that we've looked at sometimes we're like, Hey, this guy might be making seven or eight this year, but he's probably getting like a two year, three and a half, $4 million deal next year and so we'll eat that little bit of extra money that first or second year knowing that he's going to make less and then if for some reason it doesn't work out in our team plans we can turn around and drop him with no cost no no harm no foul because he signed that new deal um and then we can get rid of him and, and move in a different direction if we can so don't be afraid to get some of those guys on your team just don't overload your team with old expensive guys because that's that's how you kill your dynasty pretty quickly man i love what you just brought up there yeah, that is a absolute great point, JT. And something I had forgot about is just because you got an older guy coming up on a deal and his deal is expiring, don't drop him until you actually know what type of deal he's actually going to sign. Because odds are you're right, he's going to sign a way less deal. And he still may be in a great situation where he's on top line, top power play for a winning team and uh, that you can get him on the cheap. I mean, we're going to make it. We're going to make a decision think, on uh, Tampa Bay. Who do we have from Tampa? Alex Killorn last year. Yes, Killorn gave us great production for what we paid for him. He's a little more expensive player, but it was like we were getting kind of late. We needed a couple roster spots filled in, and we're like, he's on a good offense. He's got a shot to put up some points. Let's maybe put the extra money because we had the money for him, knowing that he wasn't a long-term answer. But he actually came through and actually put up some really good points for us and helped us big time last year when we had some injuries. So, you know, a guy like that, you're not thinking, ah, nobody's out there clamoring to get Alex Kalorn on their fantasy team. But he actually played pretty well for us and gave us some uh, gave us some nice production for someone, you know, that honestly, if we didn't have him, we would have been playing probably a minor leaguer that we've been praying gave us any points any week when we played them. So, you know, don't, don't be afraid to go get those guys as long as you're not putting yourself in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, he, uh, um, he was, as soon as we saw him sign his new deal with Anaheim, um, I believe, and the term was way too long mm-hmm. and they gave him way too much money. That was an easy decision. Yep. And easy for and, us to just send him to the send him packing at that point. Yep. And part of us, if we would have known they would have done such a bad deal with term and AAV, we would have tried to move him when he was actually at his best. But mm-hmm. so was he worth anything when we actually got rid of him? No, we wouldn't be able to get a bag of pucks for, for him. Um, but that, that this, Hey, we won, we won our league. We got rid of the player or when we actually needed to, we didn't get anything for him, but that's okay. So, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this, um, this, this, uh, this, this, uh, discussion here on cap, uh, on cap leagues, uh, something we actually want to do throughout the year. We'll, we'll bring episodes like this where we talk about different formats. Um, and we may even, uh, you know, try, I always want to kind of get into a hockey league to where, uh, we, uh, do a, um, um, uh, do, oh, not a cap league JT, but what am I actually trying to say here? Sorry. Um, um different type of draft where you have so much money. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do an auction. Yeah. Talk about doing an auction league. Yeah. Because we've got an auction league in our fantasy football league, which I always love because it's a totally different feel. Because if you want a guy, you can pay up for him. 
So I always think an auction league would be great. I'm not currently in an auction hockey league. So I think that'd be something would be cool if we kind of got together in the off season and maybe got an auction hockey league going as well. That'd be pretty, pretty neat. Absolutely. Let's do it. That is going to come uh, do it for us as we're coming up on the hour here. Uh, Brian Toast Clark, find him at Toast Clark on Twitter or the X. Go make sure you check out his Toast Takes every day, putting out some of those gambling vibes. Like we always tell you, we like to throw some crazy parlays together, but sometimes just grab those one or two. And like I said, Toast is doing his no lose, can't lose parlays right now, where he's taking <laughs> like higher, uh, higher guys, lower odds uh, to win it, but a little bit more consistency. So take a look at those again. We always say, hey, if you like one or two, maybe just pop one of those bets in. Take a solo one. You don't always have to put the five or six together as a parlay. We like to get crazy with the parlay sometimes, but then we also you know, put one or two individual bets in. So definitely check those out. Always on his page. I always uh, retweet them on my page and on the, uh, the Stu JT Brew. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, comment. Always helps us out whenever you guys do that. You can find me at JT Orange on the X. And like I said, go subscribe to The Stew with JT Brew and have our football content on there, but also our Wednesday night hockey podcast always on there. Today, Thursday, we missed you guys last night, but we'll usually be there on Wednesday night. So thanks for everybody for joining us. That's going to do it for us here on The Stew with JT Brew. Check you next time. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we make.